His grace and His mercy and His peace are all yours through faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for His people today is our second lesson. It's from Romans chapter 4. Let's read verses 2 and 3 again. It says, If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. This is God's word. Loved ones, every human being in the world has one spiritual need above all others. In the same way that the human body needs water, every human soul needs righteousness. Righteousness is the assurance that the sum of your life and its choices have been more right than they have been wrong. Righteousness happens when, when you're at peace, knowing that even the wrong things that you've done in your life have been made right, either by doing enough good to make up for them or by being punished to pay the price for them. And every soul needs assurance that this is true about them. And in this section of God's Word from the book of Romans today, God directly addresses your need to be righteous. He makes it very clear that there is only one way to get the righteousness that we need to be saved, to be at peace with God. Righteousness, everything about your life, is made right by faith. There's no other way. If you were to put together a, a Mount Rushmore of the Old Testament, the four most important people in the Bible that, that lived before Jesus, who would be on it? Probably the first person would be Adam because he was, well, the first person. Certainly King David of David and Goliath and David and Bathsheba and David the king of Israel. David the, the, the symbol and picture of Jesus himself. I would think you would have Moses on there. The man who led God's people out of Israel towards the promised land. And then certainly you would have Abraham. And Abraham certainly would qualify for the, for the Mount Rushmore of the Old Testament because he was the ancestor of the Jewish people. Every Jewish person, including Jesus, shared his DNA. But he was not just their physical ancestor. He was their spiritual forefather as well. It's recorded right in the Bible that God promised Abraham that he would be the Messiah's ancestor. All nations on earth will be blessed through you, God said. And what's more, God gave Abraham this ritual called circumcision. It was a mark that was made on the body of, of every Jewish boy to remind them that they were part of that promise that God had made to Abraham, that they were, were part of the physical line 
that would bring the Messiah into the world. But there was a problem. By the time of Jesus, the Jewish people thought that their DNA and this religious ritual were what made them righteous. They felt that their their history and, and that this tradition were something as long as they were a part of and as long as they went through them, that that's what made them good people, that that's what made them right with God. And the problem wasn't that they followed Abraham's example. The problem was that they didn't follow Abraham's example far enough. You see, even before God promised Abraham that he would be the ancestor of the Messiah, even before he started telling him it's time to to have this ritual called circumcision, he made Abraham other promises. And in Abraham's heart sprouted up what we call faith, this trust in God, this trust in God that he forgives his sins, this trust in God that God would always be with him. And it's, we're told very clearly, Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. The most important thing about Abraham was not what he did, but the most important thing about him was his faith. Abraham was not saved by anything he did. He was saved by everything that God would do. God promised that a Savior would be sent him. Even though Jesus Christ was, was over a thousand years off in the future, he would die for Abraham's sins. And Abraham believed this. And when Jesus lived a perfectly righteous life and promises to give it to everyone who believes in him, that's what saves a person. God made him who had no sin, the Bible tells us, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God's word is very clear. There is only one way to get righteousness and that is through faith. But that's not our sinfully natural way of thinking. We don't like that. We would prefer that there were some other way that had something to do with what we do if we are going to be made righteous. We're so arrogant that we think we can actually do something. The problem is, anybody, anybody can, can, can make up some sort of rules to live by and then convince themselves that they've lived by them and so get this feeling, even though it's false, that they're right with God. There was a, a prison guard retired prison guard that I, I once knew. She was employed in a federal prison where two of the, the most evil men that were ever in our prison system were housed. The, the two men that, that carried out and planned the Oklahoma City bombing that killed 168 people, injured 600 more. When she told me about them, she explained that there was a big difference between the, the two inmates. One whom she was charged with, with taking out of his cell to his one hour of daylight that he was entitled to by law was completely calm. He was completely 
compliant and, and polite and, and never any trouble. You see, he was convinced that, that what he had done was the right thing to do. He was convinced that, the, that the, our government was evil and the only way to disrupt it was by going through with this murderous plan of his. And he accepted the consequences, even if those consequences meant lethal injection. The other inmate, she explained, was just belligerent. He was violent, he was never compliant with anything, but for the same reason, he was convinced that we, he, what he did was right. That our, our government was corrupt and evil, and the only way to fight that was, was to kill them, as many of, as he could, who were employed by our government off, and that those who held him prisoner were part of that corrupt system, and so he continued to, to maintain his right to rebel against them. But in both cases, they had to convince themselves that they were doing a greater good. That, that their good outweighed the evil that they did. They had to convince themselves that they were righteous. And if the two people that committed one of the worst crimes in our nation's history can convince themselves that they're right, well, then anyone can. A What's to stop you? What's to stop you from, from convincing yourself that you are more good than bad, that you are righteous or that you are even right with God? Well, hopefully the truth. <laughs> the truth is that you share the same DNA, not necessarily with Abraham, but with someone else who's on the Old Testament Mount Rushmore. You share DNA with Adam. And that means that you have human flesh and blood, which is sinful, which is mortal, which is corrupt. Being made of flesh is the opposite of being righteous. Instead of being good, well, it comes out in different ways, doesn't it? It comes out in giving in to lust, but then justifying it, saying, well, I have a good reason for it, I can't help it, because opportunities are on every single screen I look at to give in to it. It can't be helped. It comes out in other ways. Anger gives way to verbal abuse and even physical abuse, but, but it's not my fault. I'm righteous. I just have these people in my life that make me so angry. And so you convince yourself that you're righteous as you sin. Or, or then there's materialism. You gradually fall in love with the things that that money can buy and say, I'm so blessed. God's given me all these opportunities as you focus your life on, on, on what you can earn and what you can purchase and what you can experience and let your faith fade away. Convince yourself that you're righteous. There are less obvious ways too. I, I'm convinced that the older a church is, the bigger the temptation is to fall back on ritual, tradition, and history to convince ourselves of our own righteousness. Oh, I went to a Christian school. Oh, I, I used to be really good friends with the old pastor. Oh, I got married in that church. And that becomes 
the focus and the center of our spiritual life. Are those things blessings? Of course they are. But Satan is skilled at his job and he will very often use those things to convince us that we're good because we've gone through with that and we're part of that ritual and history and tradition and then use that as an excuse to stop worshiping. Saying, I know that my faith is fine and I'm not talking to those who aren't here. I'm talking to you who are. Watch out because it can happen to you. Instead, instead of letting that happen to you, think of this truth. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And this truth, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. The truth is that the law of God is a reality. Sometimes we wish it wouldn't be. Sometimes we wish that God had no rules for us so that that pesky thing called our conscience would not bother us. And we wouldn't be faced all the time with the thought that we are not righteous as God's demands. But it is a reality and it is there. And we will never be righteous on our own. Of course, you know, you're not on your own. You have God who loves you. And in love, sent his righteous son, not just into this world, but into our flesh. Jesus took on your life, your sin. He lived with it. He died with it. He took it away. And that means you are righteous. Not because of anything you do, not because of, of any law that you can either look at in the Bible or even make up and convince yourself that you followed, but you are righteous because of the grace of Christ. And everyone who believes in him receives the righteousness that you have. And so when your conscience bothers you, when you are faced with the fact that you are not as righteous as God demands, you simply look at Jesus' cross in faith and say, there is my righteousness in him. I am good. I am good because of him. I am so good that God calls me his child. I am so good that, that I, can, I can follow his rules, I can live out my life of good works and do so for the right reasons. I am so good that I know that there is nothing, not one single sin, no matter how bad it's been, no matter how much it's been, there is not one single sin that is keeping me out of heaven. Because in Christ... Every one of you can say by faith, I am righteous. God gives us so many blessings, to say the least. He gives us food and clothing. He gives us family and our jobs. He gives us our church. He gives us prayer and every answer, an answer to every prayer. And he gives us the promise that he will be with us through hard times. But the most important blessing that he gives us is his righteousness in Christ. That assurance that you are not only good, that you are completely, completely righteous in his sight, in his heart, and headed for heaven. May God send his Holy Spirit to each of us and all of us at a church that we may always trust, that we may always tr follow the example of Abraham and trust that we are righteous by faith, not the law. Amen.